Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, so you played sports as a kid, yes? Oh, yeah. Okay, so riddle me this. When you were a kid and you were excited about playing a new sport, specifically if you can remember when you were like super young and you were like trying things for the first time, yeah. did your parents like make you do all of the sports or did you come to them with the ideas? And then like, if you didn't like something, how soon did you stop doing that thing? I'm trying to gauge like how we should be handling this with Penny because a couple of instances have come up. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's a couple of things. One, mostly my mom just indicated that she wanted me to try things. And so I don't remember ever specifically asking except for about halfway through grade school, I had a really good friend that was much better at sports than I was. And so she started playing tournament teams. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first time I asked about going from like one sport to playing the same sport on multiple teams. And that was Mm -hmm. like a commitment that my parents had to make, but it wasn't a traveling team. So they were more Mm -hmm. open to it and (laughs) they could split carpooling with the girl because she lived like very close to our house. But in terms of like being little, I don't ever remember my parents being like, you could play this, this, or this, and what do you want? It was more like, we're going to go for, because it's the season. Like, they really mm-hmm. only did, like, one sport a season, and they would take me, and if I didn't like it or I wasn't good at it, they just kind of gauged, like, was I having fun? Right. And so soccer, as an example, I really only played it for a couple of years and I dropped it a lot sooner, but it had other sports during the same season and I liked other sports better. So like soccer and softball had overlapping seasons and I played softball from t-ball through fast pitch. And Mm -hmm. so I think it was more of a gauge of what I was liking, but also they really tried to have me play with the same kids on a lot of the same or a lot of different sports. So I went to soccer and dance and t-ball for Penny's age, t-ball and swim team, like with the same kids. And so all year long, I was around the same girls and boys because it was Mm co-ed when we were that age. And I loved that. I got more upset when they split the boys off. That was mm-hmm. actually really frustrating to yeah. me as a kid. Because it's still kind of of a social aspect at that age. Oh, yeah. Like, 
Okay. All right. Then I guess that tells me that the piece that I actually need to start doing being better at because so what happened was Penny is in ballet and hip hop at school. Like it's a school we pay extra and she participates that in school, but it's super easy. They just like pull her from her class and they go do it. It's not like a thing. She used to have a recital, but they don't do those anymore because pandemic rules and all the things. Well, then they brought like Happy Feet, which is a soccer club here in Kansas City to come teach the kids soccer things at school. And she started to really like it. One of her friends who is like her BFF at school also does soccer outside of school. And so she kept asking, can I go do soccer like he does? And so Brian found a little club through Sporting KC. It's not a team, but it's a club. It's basically just like a four-week clinic is all it was. And he signed her up for that. We paid for it, signed up for it, whatever. Only four weeks. So it's only four Saturdays. And it's really, I don't know, I guess at that age to just like, do you want to keep doing this or not? I don't really know the point of that. But because I literally did zero sports. So we took her, but she barely wanted to go the first time. She like had a really hard time going in. She didn't want to participate at all the second time. Third time was a little bit harder. Finally, the fourth time, because so you like because she had to, to make new friends. Well, so, right. And so what happened was she wanted to quit after the first time. Yeah. And Brian was like kind of yeah. frustrated, and I said, you know, I don't ever want to make our kids do things they don't yeah. like really want to do like that. Yeah. However, you told us you wanted to do this. It's only four Saturdays. You can commit to four Saturdays. Like yeah. that's not the end of the world. And I said, so if she truly doesn't want to do it after four Saturdays, fine. We don't have to do it again. No big deal. We can try something new. It's fine. Yeah. Well, so she was like, okay, fine. So we go to the last one. And of course she makes a friend the very last day. And so we're in the car and she goes, okay, actually I want to do soccer some more. Can we sign up for another thing? And we're like, yeah, like we're going to have to look it up. Like this was just a clinic, whatever. And she goes, oh, well, will it be with different kids? And I said, yes. And she goes, oh, (laughs) so that tells me we should have talked to the parents of that kid while we were there and been like, what are you guys doing after this? Yeah. And can we sign them up for the same thing? Yeah. Absolutely. Following kids around is a massive help. Like, and (laughs) to answer your question, what the hell are they doing at that age? (laughs) Fundamentals. And so Mm -hmm. the fundamentals of all sports are very similar. And a lot of it comes down to hand-eye coordination Mm -hmm. and they are practicing, you know, some of these kids start at two, I think three or four is more reasonable. You're probably not going to be a pro athlete, but you can still get the hang of it. You know, she never was going to be anyways. (laughs) She was offended because in her mind, she's there to play a game of soccer, even though she doesn't know how to play soccer. And so they're like practicing dribbling and they're, you know, doing the things. Practice is rough. The games are way more fun. And she goes, that wasn't even soccer. And practice is so boring. And I'm just sitting in the front seat, like trying not to die laughing because if that is not my daughter, I don't know who is because I'm like, oh. And well, and the like, games are really ridiculous when they're that age because it's a lot of like the same three kids actually know what's happening yeah. and the rest of them are, are like, just like picking daisies out. Well, yes, yeah, so literally they would put me like I was a defender and I'd be in front of the goal like we had such good players that they were just always shooting on the other side and so there's video of me like just doing cartwheels up and down the (laughs) soccer (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. So I would make it way more about the kids and mm-hmm. figuring out what the other parents are doing. And like, can she find a core group of people that she's really comfortable with and she enjoys being with and that she basically can exercise and get her energy out? Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, maybe when she starts at actual kindergarten where she's going to be in the same building through sixth grade, she can get, you know. I would establish with those people. Like, yeah. Because I think part of the problem is we established our sports group with a different group of kids. It was like the people that were local and then yeah. the people I went to school with was different. And different if it had been the same, that would have been a lot easier. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And it's okay. So that tells me it's at least fine that it's the friend element. And that's the piece that will keep her trying. Cause I just want her to try mm-hmm. who knows what she likes. She doesn't have to like anything if she doesn't want to, I didn't like anything, but I also, I did do dance and I did a year of softball. If you knew that or not. What did you play? I'm not saying I was good <laughs> and I hated it, but I did an entire season. So, well, I'm impressed. If you were to look at me, softball is the only thing that makes any <laughs> amount of sense. Every other sport you're like, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, Brian has given me lots of grief over the years for not participating in sports. And part of it is 100% because I just don't like it. I am not coordinated. I am not athletic by any means. I have zero endurance. I am temperature sensitive. I I just can't do any of those things. I have stories about that that are not a podcast. But I mean, my parents were separated and they lived in two different states. I was flying back and forth every other weekend on an airplane by myself from age six to 16, splitting up my summers and holidays. Do you think I could have participated in literally anything with that schedule? My participation was being like a traveling (laughs) child. (laughs) That was was what I was participating in. No, that would be real. It'd be hard to make friendships. Oh, yeah. That's and why I have one friendships. Friend. Yeah, I I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Well, all right. That was helpful and a good perspective. And honestly, like not much different than even our age of life of like, find your group of friends that you want to hang out with and then do the same activities. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's very possible she may end up really liking it. And then the friend group will change like because if she if she really likes it, and she decides she wants to compete competition anything just gets to be different it's usually longer seasons and you can avoid travel in some instances but a lot of teams you can't Mm -mm. so i don't think that'll necessarily ever be your everyone who's watching our youtube video right now can see my face of i am not into that you're not the traveling mom well the funny thing is is it may creep up in an area you weren't anticipating so like what it could be the most random thing. Like you oh, might like not- debate team or something. Right. right. Like you right. may, you might like, you're like, Oh, I'd never do that for soccer. But then uh-huh. she like in high school, she's like this debate superstar. You would absolutely do it. So like, I just think it's, it, it depends on the medium. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I would well, do it for a debate. You're right. <laughs> exactly. You're right. So, but also <laughs> one thing I would be careful of is try not to, I think Brian will be better about this because he just has an interest. But I think my mom projected a lot of her disinterest in sports. Oh, sure, on me. sure. Brian played literally every sport except for football. Okay, so just every let sport. him show the like and interest because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways I probably could have been better. But like honestly, the only way to get decent is you have to practice outside of practice. 
Yeah. Right. Like you have right. to practice so if you don't at home. like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have someone to throw a ball around with me mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if I did, I probably would have been, I mean, I would have been good at softball for sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. All right. Well, practice, practice, I guess. We can't ever get away from it. <laughs> no, it's in everything, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's kind of segue into the episode that we're talking about today. A yeah. little bit of endurance, a little bit of practice, a little bit of perspective that can shift major things for how you're feeling about the overwhelm that's in your business right now. Yeah. It's funny. We've had so many incredible clients come into the incubator. And what's been really interesting is seeing how similar their attitude is when they come in. And when I say attitude, I mean that in the like kind of sense. But the thing I'm seeing consistently is y'all are, y'all have felt equipped for a very long time. You've excelled in life and school and even in building your business initially. And then there, there comes this like wall and it like hits you in the face. And then you second guess everything you've ever done Mm -hmm. and everything you've ever built. And it's very hard to watch because these people are the kind of people that have life. I mean, not that everything's come easily by any means, like they've for sure had challenges, but you know, they've excelled. They've spent a lot of their life excelling and to get to a point where you just feel like you don't know what's next is really, it's really hard. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times we sit down with clients and they're, you know, part of the conversation we have to have is like redirecting how we talk about ourselves in, inside the incubator because a lot of people are feeling like so ill equipped and so like that they don't know how to actually be a business owner mm-hmm. and that part of it is imposter syndrome, but I don't even think that's all that it is because I remember feeling this way as well. But where you get so many wins and even dare I say, like the first couple of years feel easy to a lot of these type of business owners. Mm -hmm. The clients are coming in, you know, your offer, like the back of your hand, you know, the results that you can deliver. And you've been a yes person for so long and it's gotten you really far. And you absolutely know that you can't keep going in the way that you're going right now, because you can see the looming burnout around the corner You also feel like if I'm working this hard and I'm this smart and good at what I do, why am I not making more money? Yeah. Why am I not getting more of my time back? I remember, and like, I think people don't talk about this because it kind of makes you sound, it's like a humble brag conversation, but we are your people who you can have your humble brag conversations with. But it's that point in your business where like, if I'm working this hard, I deserve way more money. And if I'm this smart to get as far as I have, why doesn't it feel easier? Yeah. (sighs) Or why don't I feel like I in some way figured it out? Like I'm still just as confused about the direction. You're like, well, yeah, I get how to get here because I got here. But like the next step. You also convince yourself that that just happened. Like it just like happened accidentally. Like you just forgot about all the hard work that it took to get here and what you did have to learn and the ways you did have to grow and did have to shift. But I do think everybody's ceiling is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think it's at all based on 
like it'd be easy to think, oh, well, they're just smarter. No, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you see some of the smartest people get stuck way earlier. And I think it has way less to do with your smarts or your ability to figure things out. I really think you become your biggest roadblock for the majority of these small business owners. But when that comes up, I think has a lot to do with the circumstances in which you were raised and the attitudes you were given about money and earning and kind of the money mindset pieces, but also just like the tools that you were equipped with and how to quote unquote figure things out. Because I think some people are resourceful and then some people are like, literally like, damn, like, where did you find that information? Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And I think if the if you're more resourceful, you can get further. But the, I think more often than not, it's the, the mindset stuff that starts to get in your way because you just think, well, someone's got to know something I don't know. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to have some marketing strategy I'm not implementing. Well, and like, honestly, think about like, what would you even Google to try to get unstuck at that stage? And I remember being at that stage being like, who is talking about this and who knows these issues right now? Because you could go to Google right now on how to start a business, how to land your first oh, yeah. client. You know, there are so many resources out there for that. But if you're that like, how to, you know, scale past 10K months, but not taking on more clients. What is the missing piece? How to organize the system that's going to be What do I even search for? And how would you look for? And if it's not even really out there, in my opinion, you know, I will say, and this is just like an aside, but you're probably not going to find it on the internet. No, I do think you might find it in a room. Mm Mm-hmm with other people. I do think you might find it in a book because people write down their entire careers. They condense 20 years of knowledge into 200 pages, but you're definitely not going to find it on the internet. People, people, in my opinion, are not like blogging about that stage of business and giving you some step-by-step roadmap on how to get unstuck. Because even though it is less complicated than you think that it is, the reason why it can't be condensed into a blog post and a blueprint and a formula is because while the basis is the same, the levers are the same. We talk about levers all the time about which levers can you pull in order to make more money or get more of your time back. The levers are the same for every business, but they look different depending on what's your offer? What are you charging right now? What are your goals? What size of team do you have? And so there's so many follow-up questions to your original question that once equipped with those answers, it can be very, okay, here's what your options are. But until you have that information, that back and forth conversation, I do think you're going to be sitting there. And I mean, how many times did you ask this question three, four years ago? I don't even know what to type into Google to ask to get the information that I don't know that I need. <laughs> oh yeah. No, and I and I said I don't know what I don't know and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And I definitely see the same kind of attitude coming from these people and they just want help. They want they want help getting unstuck. They want help with their mindset. They also want help 
with really being strategic about the moves they make because they just don't want to waste time at this Mm -hmm. point. And Mm -hmm. I get it. Like you've put in the time, you've put in the hours, you've put in the years, let's be real, you know, and you don't want to mess around with things that are just going to give you really temporary bumps. And so the interesting thing though, is when they come into the incubator and they really start to see how it's going to work for them more often than not, it's this like, (laughs) I don't know how to describe it other than being like, Oh yeah. It's that. It's that. At coaching calls after a lesson. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> or like my favorite thing is when we're in the middle of a session and we will be like teaching. It's an it's a learning session and we're saying the things and it's clicking for some people. And then we're having kind of open conversation. And so we take that same example and just like reframe it in a different way. And the people being like, oh my God, I'm just like the, I didn't even think to think of this thing in this complete different perspective. And it's about just taking the basis again, that is the same for everyone, but tweaking it to your unique scenario. And sometimes we can't see what those tweaks should be because we're in it all day. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. 
I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I feel like a lot of times we're like turning on the lights for people Mm -hmm. and it's fun to watch. And then when the lights are on, they kind of like go out and they act really quickly. This group of people is like, they're definitely action takers. They're definitely focused on implementation. And so they'll make a lot of traction really quickly. And they're like, okay, what am I missing? I'm Mm -hmm. like, you did it. Like now you're just like, now, you know, now you know what levers you need to pull in when, and you will hit another roadblock undoubtedly, but more often than not, you're now equipped with the information Mm -hmm. for you to assess where you're at and see what your options are and then make decisions from there. Cause while things absolutely get more complicated as you scale your business, the complication is not on the actual basis of what you're selling or how you're selling it. Like that stays really the same. The part that changes is your team and you morph and you become more of a leader, more of a manager, which that is like a whole new skill set for a lot of people. And so that becomes the challenge. It's no longer about can you sell more? Most of the time, if you have the support you need, you can. In fact, I just saw this happen the other day. We have someone in the program who has excelled and done really well in sales and yet has consistently said, I feel like I need more support. I feel like I need more support. And we're like, then get more support. (laughs) And But we were just like really trying to make sure it was the right support and that they had the kind of support that was going to actually allow them to increase capacity. Because one of the mistakes we see is people add support in the wrong areas, and then they feel like they're just like swimming, and they've really just increased their cost and not increased their ability to work with more people. But when you hire the right person, it dramatically increases your capacity. And I watched her go from selling X in a month to selling X in a week Mm -hmm. because she finally had the support where she felt comfortable to expand. And, you know, a lot of the times we think that this is about, oh, well, I just can't sell more. I don't have the clients to sell them to. And it's like, "Mm, I think subconsciously, you know, if you can't deliver a quality product because you're out of time or 
your personal bandwidth is just shot, Mm -hmm. then of course you're not going to sell more because who's going to do it? And how are you going to deliver on the product? You don't want to do a bad job for people. And so you shut off that those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, it's like lifting blinders. It's Mm -hmm. like these people have been around you the whole time and you didn't even see them. You didn't even see the opportunities that were there. And many times they were even like piping up and asking for help. And you were kind of ignoring You're like, shush, shush. I don't, I, no, I, <laughs> I don't have you. capacity for that. <laughs> I just can't even think about that right now. And then when you do have the capacity to think about it, you're like, whoa, like, why was this, you know, a lot of times we hear like, why was it so easy? And I was like, well, theoretically, yes, but you had to like, see it first and like Mm -hmm. the like act is easy but if you can't even see it then you're walking around blind and making decisions blind is really dangerous so and I don't like using that phrasing because for obvious reasons but I wish there was a better phrase to talk about it but you're you're just in the dark and you can't make those decisions without knowing the the series of consequences that comes mm-hmm. after them. I think if you're just seeing well, it's what we've up. called we if you guys got to watch our our presentation about the steps that it the journey that it takes to yeah. build a lifer's business, mm-hmm. one of the first or the first steps is blissful ignorance. Yeah. And we talk about how everyone, literally everyone at their business infancy starts at this step. And you can live there for a short amount of time, a long amount of time. That time is is irrelevant. But you also loop back to that step when you're at this wall because you're sitting here thinking as soon as it starts to get a little bit easier, a little bit leads are coming in. You're at this, oh, if it's this easy forever, I don't know what I don't know. And it's that literal like things are feeling good, but there you are still in it too much and you've convinced yourself that that's sustainable that that's the route that you want to live because oftentimes what i see is that you know we talk about this all the time about how money is the thing that leads to other things being able to happen in your business whether it's you taking more time off or investing differently growing your team treating yourself it doesn't matter right the the increase in money helps those things happen well, when we see the increase in money, we trick ourselves into thinking, okay, well, then I can just keep making more money and I can just keep pulling that lever without paying attention to any of the other levels no. and or levers. And it's super important that at that stage, especially because at the beginning, you're used to just like pulling all of them and just like seeing what happens because you just need to take some traction and like see some movement. But it's important to be very intentional about those levers because as you grow, like, if you're turning on the lever for all clients, but you don't have the support system or the systems behind yeah. the scenes to support you and support that process, it's not going to go great. Well, I just like see this like scene from like, I don't think this is an actual scene, but you can imagine it being a scene along <laughs> with the chocolate factory. Like imagine a kid just like flipping all the buttons and the uh-huh. levers all at the same time. Like that seems fun. And then you just like watch a machine like explode and mm-hmm. speak chocolate all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's kind of what happens. Like when, when it's just you and it's early on, there's no it, machine yet to there's do no that. Machine to like explode mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. obliterate. But mm-hmm. I've watched businesses that are <sighs> like in the millions. Yeah. Just 
disintegrate from the inside out because someone decided that it was a good idea to flip all these levers at the same time. Yeah. And you can't like, that's how things get jammed up and break and, ex- and literally explode. And so you have to know when you flip them, like what are the consequences for each one yeah. and what do you need in place first? And if you don't have that in place first, like what do you need to be doing differently? Yeah. And it is just, and knowing what I know now, it is always so fascinating to watch other businesses from the sidelines because mm-hmm. whew, it is a show out there, my friends. And it's like, if you had called me, I would have told you to flip a different lever. <laughs> right. I would have said, yeah, you could flip this one, but I wouldn't flip these three together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, you know, the most incredible feedback that we get inside of the incubator of that we are that sounding board and the the community, the curriculum is there. Like the training is there. There are, are simple things that you literally just do not know that you can take in, you can soak in, and then you'll go in your cave and implement them. And now you know those things and that's phenomenal. But the crucial element is being able to bounce off the, if I did this, what would that look like? And we try it on for size and we kind of poke holes into some theories and we push back here or we open up a new opportunity that you haven't seen over here. And it's like, we're all playing dress up inside the community. Truly. It's like, okay, let's pretend we make that choice for a second. Let's try on that hat, try on that coat, see how that feels. Is that who we want to be while wearing or doing those things? And if it isn't, if something feels weird, let's swap something till we find the perfect combination that's going to be your next level. Yeah. Cause I think we're using costuming as the analogy here, you know, there's some things that you're going to feel really confident in and some things that you're going to feel like a joke walking Mm -hmm. around and you're going to be like, I am the show at this point, Mm -hmm. you know, and we want you to feel confident. Mm -hmm. We want you to feel like you've made decisions that make sense for you. And those are not the same for everybody. And even if faced with the same choices, with the same set of circumstances, individuals will choose different things because what they want at the Mm -hmm. root is different. Mm -hmm. And what I want today versus what I wanted three years ago or five years ago, it is not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And even I shift as a person. And so I think that's important to give yourself grace around because there might be things that you wanted at one point that you don't want to go down that road at this point. And because what I, I think is cool that happens is you just talking about goals and changing them for a second. You have your eyes set on this goal, whether it's big, audacious, attainable, it doesn't matter, whatever it is. And then you start to work towards that goal. So you start to get pieces of it happening, right? Yeah. You're increasing your client capacity, you're growing your team, you're increasing the revenue, whatever. And when those things happen, you start to reach whatever outside goals, outside of your business goals, both in and out start to happen. Well, the thing that we forget is that we made that goal having zero part of that goal, having no traction towards that goal. We made it from literal ground zero. Well, as we start to head towards that goal, we're starting to get some of those things and see some of those things actually come to life. It is our responsibility to reassess and say, is that in thing actually what I want? Knowing what I know now, because you made it when you didn't know shit. And now you're working towards it with knowing things. And so it's okay to absolutely pivot and shift 
the desires and the work that you want to put into your business and what you want your business to give you back as you start to head towards those things. It's the people I see who head towards that goal come hell or high water without any sort of checking in with how they feel, with what they want, with how their life has changed and the lives of the people around them. Just go towards the goal no matter at what cost. Well, and, you know, they could make that choice if they want, ultimately. But the part that I think is the part that I wish more people would check. It's not that you people going after their goals come hell or high water is not what scares me. It's when people do that and they see that it's ultimately hurting other people and they're not, they're not addressing that. Like they're doing it and hurting people in the process. And I'm like, "Mm." I mean, I get that you're going to absolutely, as you grow, likely lose friends to have relationships that change because Other people just can't handle you being a a next level of success. Like that's just part of life. But when you start messing with like the ethics of how you're treating your team and Mm -hmm. what they need to be supported, then that's where my problems come Mm -hmm. up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we really want to help you understand What can you do to have things make sense for you? And with all of those things in mind, how can you create a work environment that's ethical and supportive and giving to the people that are helping you get there? Mm -hmm. And in some cases, that does mean you grow slower, but okay. How many times do we need to learn as children's the tortoise and the hare story? How many times have you heard it? It is literally no different when it comes to business and life. And I can't tell you how many times when we've been in a room with multiple seven figure earners who are so frustrated and so defeated because of everything that's happened in their business and they can point it down to one root cause. And it's the fact that they grew too fast. Because we grew too fast, we made these decisions. Because we grew too fast, this happened. And I'm telling you, like that intentional building block of growth is much more sustainable and much more financially rewarding in the long run. You can either keep getting paid a healthy salary like forever, or you can just have like burst of money sometimes. I I really wanted to like reach through the screen and shake Hershevec on Shark Tank mm. the other night. This is the first time I've ever heard any of the sharks say something. I mean, they will say stuff about your numbers. They will say stuff about your profit. They will say stuff about your acquisition costs. Like at this point, I know who's going to ask what questions. And honestly, if you need some tools and tool belt for like, what are some analytics I should know about myself? Watch, watch Shark Tank. Watch Shark Tank. Anyway, Hershevik literally ripped someone a new one for building a business that supports their lifestyle. And I, I was like, he was like, well, how much are you paying yourself? And he was like 70,000. And I'm like, I mean, that's a good salary, but depending on where you live, that might be pretty modest. And he lost it with these guys because he didn't think they had enough profit to be taking that amount of lifestyle choice. And I was just like, Mm. okay well 
I get it. Like investors want to be paid. I understand. This is also a big reason why we've never sought investment. But like, there is nothing wrong with building a business that supports your lifestyle, period. Like, I love profit. Profit means as a business owner, you get paid more. Like you get to take more from the business. I understand that. But as your business scales, you may make choices to have your salary be more in line with your lifestyle and you care less about the bottom line for the business because you want to support your staff. And like, anyway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I literally was like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you make millions and millions and millions of dollars every year as a personal salary and you're mad at someone for making Mm -hmm. 70. I was emphatic. And and like, (laughs) <laughs> that all goes down to people's different perspectives of goals of what your business should do for you. And I was having a conversation with my mom about work and goals and whatever in the hot tub the other night. And we were just talking about like her business has grown and she's been doing really well. And she's more than replaced that she left her full-time job for her own business. At this point, she's providing services and she's more than doubled her salary from her previous career. And She's just at the point where she can decide which lever to pull right now. And that's a really fun place to be. And she's sitting there saying, you know, like, I'll be so excited when I reach the six figures and I, you know, do I want a million dollars eventually? Like, yeah, that'd be cool. And I go, no, you don't though. You don't though. And so I like broke down like everything that that would in like require of her and of a team. And none of those are bad things. We have all of those things. But the thing that I just like, I want to like rub my thumb into people's eyeballs about is like, don't just say it for the sexy flashiness of being like, my business makes a million or I make a million. Do you want to actually do what it takes to get that? And nine out of 10, it's no. And that's okay. That doesn't mean anything about you and your work ethic and the type of business that you want to run. Because would you also be pretty freaking happy making 400000 500,000, 600, like this is the hill I will die on is that people just freaking forget how many numbers are in between 100,000 and 999,999,000. Like I just, it bamboozles me. Oh, I completely understand. And I do think the part that's confusing to most from an outside perspective, especially if it's, if it's just you or just you and maybe like a contractor or your first employee. I think there's this mirage ahead of, okay, yes, you want to grow it. I hear that because you're probably still not totally making what you want to be making. Yep. Great. Let's pay attention to that. But let's not assume what it requires to make what you want to be making. I'd rather Mm -hmm. like take a good hard look at what you want to be making and then work reverse engineer that than like work for some sexy revenue number that isn't necessarily in alignment with what you want or need. Because I just don't think I even realized personally, (laughs) personally, I don't think I even realized what was required to sustainably and ethically ethically this amount of revenue mm-hmm. with the right amount of support so that I'm not, because 
I have watched people with like one other person or two other people make a million dollars in a year. And then I've watched them shut their doors less than 12 months later because they do not have the support in place to sustainably run their business or care for their clients. And that's what I mean. If you can make a million dollars in one year and that's flashing, you can check that off or you could make a really healthy salary forever. That's the conversation you need to be having with yourself. And here's the frustrating part is like when everyone's talking about like your business, like, be a millionaire and make this much money or whatever. They're not making a million dollar salary from their business. You know that, right? Like the healthy, sustainable salary that comes into your bank every two weeks enables you to make investments and choices in your life, in your business, in other businesses, in other people that can help you make a million dollars if that is your goal. Like they're not requiring it from to come from one source. And I think a lot of business owners are have these rose-colored yeah. glasses about if I want to make that it all has to come from here. Yeah. And that's how everyone else is doing it and I'm telling you it isn't. No, it's definitely not. I mean, I remember early on in my life a lot of it was about living below my means so I could save a shit ton early so I could invest early and then flip real estate later. And then like, (laughs) I mean, the business paid the bills and the business allowed me to save. Because you can only do those things if you're, if you have something that's paying your bills and allowing you to save. I know. And so it's like, why are you, you can't be focused on it being the solution to everything. Mm -mm. It's not. First of all, it's not your solution to, (laughs) you might need some mental health help. You might need to unwind your success and your self-worth from your business success. You might need to have more modes of creating or generating wealth. You might just need better modes of saving. You might need to cash flow on the personal side. You might need, like, there's so many other things that could be at play here. And your business, I think we made the mistake early on that we thought the business had to solve all our answers to all our problems. Yep. And it doesn't. Mm-mm. And it doesn't have to be the thing that makes me happy. It doesn't have to be the thing that makes me all the money. The only thing. It, the only thing that makes me money. It, it makes us happy thing. and it makes us money. <laughs> Let's be <Yeah>. clear. <laughs> yes. It absolutely does those two things. But it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to fill the whole cup. It can right. be part of the it can be part of the puzzle and watching people realize that they are more than their job is just so rewarding. Cause I've watched people, Chris is a great example. And do I think she was this way before? Yes. But I think she's given herself more leniency that like, not only can she be this way, but she can celebrate being this way. So she works really hard with her clients. She came in, definitely had some mindset issues that we helped her work through. She's really blossomed. She's reduced the amount of time and her sales process really dramatically. And you know what she's done with it? Every Thursday, she borrows her friend's pool for the entire summer. She <laughs> literally, she's like, I'm here every Thursday. Mm-hmm. Until I this literally mine on Thursday. <laughs> this is mine on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they picked Thursday, but whatever. But Seeing her own that, yeah, 
that's a lifestyle choice. Yep. Like a lot of people work on Thursdays. Okay, whatever. You want to be yep. at the pool all day on Thursday? Do Fantastic. It. Let's figure out how you need to set up your business to support those decisions. Yep. And my decisions are going to be different than Emily's. And we're in the same business. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we ultimately want different lifestyles. I mean, similar for sure. Like lots of things we have in common. We like lots of the same things and we'll still make different choices. Mm-hmm. Yep. At the end of the day, that's what I want for you is the ability to make the choice that works for you right now that helps support you continuously so that you can change your focus and attention on the choices and the goals that you have in your life, knowing that you can rely on something that's sustainable. So if you want to talk about creating that sustainability, figuring out what are the levers that you actually need to pull in order to make more, get more of your time back and introduce freedom of choice in your business again, then I want you to chat with us, head over to Instagram at box project, start the conversation. It's literally us in the DMS talking with you. So go say, Hey, tell us that you came from this episode and let's chat. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache, join the co-op, our creative template shop membership with thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.